think people literally have to make a choice right now between buying groceries, filling the car with gas, or buying your products mm -hmm. or using your services. This is Digital Marketing. Hey, it's Mark DeGrasse here, and I've got a question for you. What if you could legally get the emails of almost every person who visits your site? Seriously, what if you could safely and respectfully retarget your website visitors via email just by dropping a pixel onto your site? It might sound too good to be true, but our new sponsors at getemails.com can do just that. They've created a system that's compliant with U.S. laws and regulations, and every email address they send you is opted in to receive emails. So that means that you can connect your anonymous website visitors to real people and safely retarget them through email with real-time, fully compliant interactions. It might sound too good to be true, but trust me, it works. The CEO, Adam Robinson, is brilliant. And he believes in his product so much that he's willing to do something a little crazy for digital marketer listeners. If you go through their easy 30-minute onboarding process and haven't 5X your investment within the first six months, they'll give you all of your money back. To take advantage of the offer, go to getemails.com slash digitalmarketer. That's getemails.com slash digitalmarketer. This is Mark DeGrass, the GM of Digital Marketer, and this is the podcast that keeps you up to date on everything you need to know when it comes to digital marketing, from the platforms you need to be focused on to the cutting edge tactics and tools that are working today. And today, our guest is Jason Portnoy. He is the founder of JPort Media and Market Domination Method. He helps build seven-figure businesses, which has amounted to $150 million in revenue for his clients. So welcome, Jason. Hey, thanks for having me. So let's jump into it. We're talking agencies today and how to scale and the coming or actually the current agency Armageddon. So what is that? What's the Armageddon? Whew. So, I mean, if you're not already experiencing it, I would tell you, speak to your accountant, look, at, look, 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 look inside your QuickBooks or whatever, your chances are you're probably experiencing it. But the agency Armageddon is really, if you look at what's happening in the world right now, you're we're about to hit, we're about to be in a recession. You have inflation going up. You have clients who are now, think about if you're an e-commerce side, they're all sitting there saying containers aren't coming. There's, there's product shortages. Price of everything's going up. If you're in services, they're letting go of staff. People don't even want to work. It's a crazy thing. Like we're, we're about to be hit a recession and people don't want jobs. I, I, I can't, I, I'm still trying to figure all that out, but we got into this situation right now where what's going to happen. The one thing that you're probably spending the most money on as a business, if you're marketing and you're doing it, is the agency you're working with. And most of them probably have like five different agencies because they hired a Google ad agency, they hired a Facebook agency, they hired a content agency, and they're all taking credit for different things, which again, now is a big problem because attribution is such a mess. So when you used to hire your Facebook ad agency and they would show you an ads manager, their nice little 5X return that they're getting for you, no problem, you hand over the check and do it. But when they're telling you, 96% opt-out on iPhone users, we can't track, we can't do all these things. They're not wrong, they're not lying to you, but now when every single one of your agencies are telling you those things and they can't take credit, you're gonna kinda have to weather the storm a little bit and you're gonna have to cut back. And that's usually the first place people cut back on is their agency from the marketing side. Right or wrong, it is what's coming and if you're not already, and if you're an agency owner now and you're not already experienced this where clients are like, trying to renegotiate with you or trying to switch their contracts or trying to go month to month, you're going to start feeling it soon. No, and I could totally see that. I always imagine in my head the business accountant 
comes into the office with a pile of papers and says, hey, I found us $100,000 a year we could save. And it's, yep. it's the budget for advertising. So I love that. I'm, I'm happy you brought that up because I love that when a CFO comes in and sits there and says, okay, I see we're paying Mark. I see we're paying Jason $150,000 a year. I make $75,000 a year. So why are we paying this guy more than what I make? And I'm the CFO of this company. But they don't realize that they're not paying you. They're paying an agency. They're getting a team. There's a bunch of different things coming in. But yeah, that's usually one of the first things that come in. Like I, we deal with a lot of e-commerce clients. And the first sign of a problem is when they tell me they hired a new e-com director. Because I know right away that the first thing they're going to come after is paid media. Mm-hmm. And you could, I've audited a lot of accounts from people who are really, really good at, at ads. And I could always find a problem with what they're doing because I can nitpick anything. There's different strategies. It may not be the strategy I would use. And I could always nitpick and find a problem. And that's the thing. They come back to their bosses and be like, like you said, I found us $150,000. Now we could weather the storm for, for the next two years. But who's running your market? Oh, yeah. Well, and then they'll start seeing. Well, and the problem is that since we can't show the results with the analytics that we lost during the iOS updates, you can't justify it like you used to be able to justify it. It's almost like everybody is the in the content marketing bin now, mm. where it's like, I'm doing lots of stuff for you. It's working. I just can't show you how. <laughs> And that, and that's why a lot a lot of our work post iOS has really come down to education. We spend a lot more time educating clients, and now some of them get it. But like, I mean, for the first three months, it was having the same conversations over and over about iOS 14 and why you can't see it, why you're not seeing a 5x, why we went from 28 days down to seven days, why it's never going to look the same inside Ads Manager. But now it comes down to educating the clients, and like you said, uh, you know, you kind of have to use common sense. Mm-hmm. But when you're, I'm paying you a lot of money, I don't want to use common sense. I want to be able to measure and I want to be able to look at things. And I think that's where the disconnect really is from client to agency is agencies owners sitting there saying, hey, look, you got to use some common sense. We're your only marketing channel, right? And you have a 78% new, new customer like percentage. Where are they coming from? And you're going to get on there and say word of mouth, people talking. Come on, let's use some common sense. But they don't want to because the numbers in there don't tell the story. Yeah, well, and you can't just say, you know, you could cut off a budget and like, yeah, we just made 150 because we cut off that budget. And it's harder to say like, no, we kept that on, but we kept it because we don't want to lose all the sales that we're going to have for the next. Yeah. But, until you realize and you fix it by hiring a marketer again. <laughs> yeah. And, and when COVID happened, right, that's what everyone did. They fired their agencies when in, in actuality, they probably should have tripled their spend on the platform. Because you had this unicorn moment, attention on the platform was at all time high because everyone was off work and all they had to do was go on. Uh, the only time was spent on social media, and then all advertisers pulled off, so you had a low cost to advertise. So you had one of the lowest costs in years, but attention was at its all time high. That's a perfect moment. That's when you want to triple down. This moment's a little bit different mm-hmm. because you are going to have people pull off because they can't afford to advertise anymore, and then you also have to understand that now we're. It's not a matter of. Um, I'm off work. It's a matter of, I don't have money. So if you're selling, we were just talking about this, if you're selling a $150 blank t-shirt and it's $8 to buy a pack of, it's $8 tomatoes and chicken is, is up, you know, 30% or whatever it is. Yeah. Where does a $150 shirt come, come in? So I I think if you're not selling really luxurious items, like to the 1%, because the 1% aren't affected by any recession, it's the middle class and lower class. If you're selling anything to the middle and lower class, you're going to get hit. 
Yeah, that's, that's actually a really good point. So do you think agencies in terms of weathering the Armageddon should go high end? I'm a, I'm always a big believer in uh, charging the most, right? I, I don't think there's a strategic advantage to charging the least. Everything you look at has an added cost. To it. I could be the cheapest agency and onboard 150 clients, but then I need to build my staff up and I need to be able to handle 150 clients. Or I could have one client that pays me the same amount as the 150 clients would have paid me. So I, you know, when I first wanted to build an agency, I had in mind an 800 person agency. I'm going to build an 800 person agency. And I met with Gary Vaynerchuk and I said, if you have to start VaynerMedia right now, how would you do it? And he goes, God, I wouldn't. He goes, I got handcuffed into this. I didn't want not a thousand people. We started this in conference room. It's fine. Let me guess. You like strategy. Well, guess what? When you have 800 people, you're not doing strategy anymore. You don't even know what clients you have. You're too busy putting out fires. Jim doesn't like Sally. And Sally broke up with, uh, with Matt and doesn't want to be on, on, on the same account with him anymore. All these different things happen. You're a firefighter. So I'm always a big fan of charging the most as long as you can back it up. Mm-hmm. Obviously, like don't. Don't right out of the yeah. gate say I'm going to start an agency and charge $150,000 for a client. But there's no difference to me between charging $3,000 a month or charging $15,000. It's a mindset. It's are you comfortable doing that? Can you produce those results for the clients that are willing to pay you? But it's the same amount of effort and strategy. And actually, the people who are going to pay you $15,000 a month, they're way less headaches than the people who are going to pay you $1,500 a month. Yeah. And we talk about that all the time in terms of you know the value per customer. If you drive that up, then you don't need teams of... 100 people or 500 people or, or whatever it is. So in terms of actually... Which is why I'm not a fan of month-to-month contracts. Well, let's talk about that. Uh, you know, a lot of agencies are retainer-based. Yep. So do you think that should be switched to a performance-based model or... So I think technically everyone's on a performance-based model, mm-hmm. right? If you don't perform, you're getting fired, right? So that's, that's kind of how you always have to look at it. It's what guarantees can you give? What risk reversals can you give in order to close the deal? But month-to-month doesn't help me because if you look at things... You really have to understand that the, the majority of your time with a new client is spent in the beginning. You have to learn the brand. You have to learn, you have to, you have to test. You have to come into the account. You have to optimize. You have to do a bunch of different things. You have to learn their brand voice. You have to learn, oh, this ad's okay. This ad's not okay. There's a lot of learning involved. So if I'm going to come in and sit there and say, okay, you can sign with one month with me. That's a lot of wasted effort in terms of paying staff member. There's time involved. There's a lot of these things. Everyone just looks at, okay, cool. I signed a, a, a $5,000 a month client. I'm paying my contractor or I'm paying my media buyer $1,000 out of it. So I made $4,000. No, you didn't. You have time invested in this. You have onboarding costs. You have a lot of different factors that they don't, that they don't, you know, they don't adjust for those variables. And then they end up losing money on, on that deal. So I, I rather work with people. I, you know, I'm a bit, my, I'll, be fully transparent. Our model is three months in the beginning. We want 90 days to prove ourselves to you. After 90 days, we want a long-term contract with you. We, we want to be able to work with you for a long period of time. And that's usually works out in their best interest because they always want discounts. Right? Everyone wants a discount. The only way that we really give discounts is one cash up front. So are you going to pay for part of the like guaranteed money up front? And then it can lower the fees a little bit because that helps cash flow for a business or it's length of contract. Not, and and don't sign a twelve month contract with a thirty day out clause because that's a thirty day contract. That's yeah. not a twelve month contract. No, no, that's that's actually a really good point. So in terms of the guarantees, do you not do guarantees? I mean, we do, but our, our guarantees are really so. It's a good question. I love guarantees, but I don't own everything else on the back end. Mm-hmm. So I could be really really good at driving people to their site. But if their UX or UI is awful, if they don't convert, if they don't have any follow-up sequences, if they don't have all this, then it won't work. But 
But I'll preface all that with that's part of due diligence. Mm -hmm. So if you're going to onboard a client and then sit there and say, hey, we're just going to run Facebook ads for you and you're going to do all that and then come back to them two months later and be like, well, you don't have this, this and this. I, I think responsibility falls on both, right? The agency and the client, right? The agency should have asked those questions and gone through the funnel a little bit before in, in an audit process before bringing them on. So it comes out to client selection a little bit. And that's where the guarantee comes in. Don't take on clients that you don't believe you could help. Doesn't mean you could always help them, but don't bring on clients that you don't believe you could help. And I think there's always some sort of performance in there. You know, you could put a bonus clause based off performance, but at the end of the day, if you don't perform, you deserve to be fired. Yeah. No. Well, and I love your point about having the business take you through as a customer would show you the whole funnel because most, I mean, most businesses will say like they go to the product page and then they buy. And then that's the end of the funnel. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so if you if you went to a client like that and that was their process, then I guess you have two opportunities. You could say like, hey, we need to build this whole thing out or your funnel is completely undeveloped and I can't help you until you fix some of these things. Like, how do you present that? It's, it's, it's complicated because they may not know these things until you're driving mm. the right traffic to it, right? They may, it depends where they're broken. And sometimes you do need to run at why I'm a big, I don't believe everyone needs to run ads, mm -hmm. right? You could grow a business without run, without running paid media. I don't know why you would want to, but you definitely can. You could definitely grow a business. So when I hear people say, oh, we don't have the budget for ads. So, or iOS killed my business. You never had a business. You had a, a really good hobby where you could throw things on the internet and, and sell it because Facebook was a cash machine at the yeah. time, but you didn't have a business. So if you're going to do run Facebook ads, sometimes you need to get, you need to spend money. You mm -hmm. get the data. The data allows you to make decisions and without having that data. So if you take on a client and they've never really spent a lot of money on ads before, well, guess what? You could slow, slow spend them and slowly get the data and it will take a lot longer. Or you do what I'm a big fan of. I like speed. I rather spend, get all the data fast and make decisions based off that. Mm -hmm. So plenty of ways to spend $10,000 on ads, right? You could slow bleed a thousand dollars for 10 for 10 months, or you could spend it in one month, get the data, come back and make concrete decisions. But I think if you're hiring an agency and you're asking them, why aren't our ads working and they don't have an answer for you, that's a problem because there's always something, the numbers always tell a story. Mm -hmm. So if your agency can't come back to you and tell you the story, that's where the problem is. No, that's, that's a fantastic point. Cause I think it's, it's so easy to be, to go to a, a new client and just inject your system into it and be like, Oh, it's either going to work or it's not going to work rather than saying, Hey, it's going to take us, you know, 30, 60, 90 days to test. Mm -hmm. And then we'll be able to show you the results. Yep. Do you have, cause I know there's a lot of customer service aspects during that process when you're not necessarily getting them the results that they maybe thought they were going to get when they hired you. How do you keep them, you know, on board? I, that comes back to expectations, right? You have to set it from the start. So when we come in and we look at an account, first thing they always ask us is, can you do better? Yeah, we do better, but here's where our biggest strategic advantage is. Here's our strategy. At the end of the day, I think the big mistake agencies make is they try to dictate the strategy for the clients. Yeah. They cannot do that because then, and sometimes it's not the agency's fault, it's the clients and they're saying, well, we hired you, we trust you, go do it. But then that's a very... It's abdicating the responsibility as a business owner. Yeah. And you can't do that. It, it, that's why I started the market domination method because so many people, so many businesses were hiring agencies and claiming they got burnt. But they got burnt because they didn't define the rules of success or what the game looks like. There was no clarity around what the success even looked like. It was just, can you get us a better return? 
But no, what if we came back to you and said, here's where your site's broken. Here's what people are dropping off. To me, that's a win that you wouldn't have found if it wasn't for an agency. So I think anyone running Facebook ads, like solely as an agency, for example, is now becoming a little bit more of a holistic marketing approach to it, of being able to have to come back and not just sit there and say, Facebook ads work, look, look at the numbers. Well, no, if my site's not converting, I need you to tell me. If people are dropping off here, I need you to tell me. So you need to become a little bit more of a holistic marketer. But I think that it just to answer your question, it comes back to expectations from the start of being like, here, look, this is what we think we could do. Here's where we think we could get you. And I'll tell you, even that clients hear it, they're like, cool, I hear you telling me that you may not be able to help and it's going to be a testing period for the first 90 days. I got it. But then one weekend after spending money, they're like, where are my results? But that's, again, client selection. Well, and, and it's just an emotional process too. You know, I think you'd like to be totally analytical. Like, here's the process. We're going to execute the process. The numbers, numbers will be there. But then in the meantime, you have the business owner staying up at night thinking about like, wow. Maybe that creative wasn't right that they put up and now. <laughs> yeah, but the, the people who complain about that the most, it goes back to like, would you rather pay high, like have higher paying clients or a lot of low paying? Mm-hmm. The lower paying, it usually comes from people who never made this type of investment before. Right? This, the, this is their biggest investment or they're stretching. Mm-hmm. And there's a difference between just getting slightly out of your comfort, which I which I believe you should do, and just reaching like a little bit above versus Hail Mary approach. This is, my mag- this is the magic pill, the silver bullet. This is what's going to solve my business problems. And I think those conversations that we're having right now about, you know, agency, not them expecting unrealistic results from the agency, the agency having trouble with the clients that comes from a client who's now stretched way beyond their means. And they were looking at this as as a magic bullet when it's not paid media is an amplification. Uh, It's an accelerant, but it's not the business. And and 90% of what makes paid media work is in the client's control anyways. Hmm. No, that's a great point. Hey, Ryan Dice here. You know, it's been a while since I've run the day-to-day for Digital Marketer, the company that Roland and I are partners in. Fortunately, we have a great team and great partners who help us with all that nitty-gritty stuff now. But the one thing that we focused on while I was there and the one thing the team still focuses on to this day is optimizing everything. I'm talking testing everything from the sales copy to the color of the checkout button. Testing like this can have a huge impact on your bottom line, but the truth is it takes a lot of time and a lot of resources. And half the time, we were just throwing stuff against the wall just to kind of see what stuck. But the good news is you don't have to figure everything out on your own anymore. And that's because our friends at Conversion Fanatics have optimized hundreds of sites in all types of industries from small startups to Fortune 500s. And now they can handle all your testing and optimization for you too. So if you feel stuck when it comes to optimizing your website, go and visit conversionfanatics.com and they'll give you a list of custom suggestions to optimize your site 100% free. Once again, you can find them at conversionfanatics.com. So going back to the Armageddon, um, if we say like, okay, let's say your average agency has 10, 20, 30 clients, they're probably on retainers and they work with them for some time, but let's say they haven't established the, the systems, the expectations, the reporting, what steps could those agencies take if everybody's starting to scale back their advertising to make sure that they keep at least the good people? Yeah. So you, you want to audit where your time is being spent from a client perspective. So some ways to easy trim down time in order to like if you wanted to give cost effective savings over to clients, 
the easiest way to trim back time is how you communicate with the clients. Mm-hmm. So I'm a big fan of putting them all in Slack. No emails. We don't need to have a weekly meeting all the time. We're in Slack. You can have 24-7 access. We'll respond within 24 hours. You set those expectations. But anything you want is there. We'll do Loom videos. We'll, we'll screenshot. We'll send you reports. And we actually found that there's accountability in there mm-hmm. because we're providing information. And if we see as an agency, if I look in, if I go and just audit any one of our clients and I go in and I see that the communication isn't, there's been no communication a week, I get mad at my team. Mm-hmm. I said, I rather, they're like, but they didn't ask any questions. I rather us just throw information right. at them. Yeah. Right. Just find an article that, that, that works well. Just keep the conversation going over communicate with them. Don't wait on them because they're going to look at it the same way and be like, well, you didn't communicate with us. Yeah. I'm not even using you guys. Yeah. At the end of the, at the end of the day, they're paying us. Right. So we, we work for them and, and, and we know that, but so Slack communication. And then, you know, I, I learned this from someone and I wish I could give credit, but I don't know who it was. Cause I think it was like, it was past the broken telephone was, that we found that if we do a Loom video, for example, and we can answer like what happened, what's happening, and what we expect to happen, that eliminates almost every client question possible because you're already going over what happened the past week. You can talk about what's currently happening and what we're changing, what we're going for. Any any issues a client has falls into one of those three issues. So they watch that. And what we've, we've really noticed is before we moved everything to Slack, we got a lot of emails. Ooh. What's happening? We want to jump on a call. We want to go over the account. We want to do all this. The second we started doing all this, providing the reports and doing it, there's been no, hey, we want to talk. Communication from the client has gone down. The need to micromanage us has gone down. But we've also found, very interesting enough, we could see if they've watched the video yeah. on the report. And most of them don't even watch the video. And most of them don't even open the report. We could actually see all those things. And they're not even doing all those. So like just really finding ways to over-communicate you know, every client meeting is now done on Zoom, it's recorded, it's transcribed, and then we pass back the recording and that transcription back. There's just accountability for, for, for both ends in there. So that's one way. If you could eliminate the time you have to talk to the client, well, then that allows you to now go leverage something else, which is what we started talking about earlier, which is the market domination method. Well, I'm a big fan of coaching. I'm a big mm-hmm. fan of selling your knowledge, your know-how, your expertise, your experiences, your systems, your tools, everything that you have. And I think agencies need to start looking at that as an additional source of revenue for them because that has no drag, mm-hmm. right? It's, it, there's, it's not, there's no operational drag there. It's just pure leverage. Oh yeah. Well, it makes you authority in the marketplace, builds up your your brand, but also your personal brand if you're an yep. owner. And you know, we're digital marketers. So we're all about education. So the more people have, or the more people know, the less work you have to do in educating them in the first place or you know, making excuses for why things didn't go away. And it allows you to bring on those, those, those clients that you're about to fire, those $2,000 a month clients and keep the $15,000 a month clients because the $2,000 a month clients, chances are they don't know, right? They, 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 they don't know what to expect. They don't know how to build their business. They're missing the fundamentals. Anytime we've ever took on a client that paid us a little, I've always come back to the same mistake where it's, they don't have the fundamentals in place. They should not be running paid ads. Everything's broken. So, you know, working with them on how to do all that, but you have to understand marketing. So if you're running an agency and you're just like, hey, I was really good at Facebook ads. That's it. That's my approach. I was really good at manual bidding and all that. You're in trouble and you'll probably be out of business. Yeah. Well, or you could evolve and adapt and learn like anybody who stays in business. Yeah, I mean, look, <laughs> you you, uh, you guys have certified partners that teach a holistic, that teach a holistic point uh, of marketing. That's the way to do it. But 
anyone who's just started a Facebook agency and is staying just a Facebook ad agency is going to be like what SEO agencies would happen mm -hmm. to them. And they're all going to be fired because at the end, uh, clients don't want to pay a Google ad agency, a Facebook ad agency, you know, a YouTube agency, a TikTok agency, an email marketing agency. That's five different people. So what's the alternative? They're going to go to a jack of all trades, mm -hmm. which is a master of none. Or they're going to sit there and say, well, cool. How do I hire a growth person on my team that could hold the agencies accountable? Because I'm now an owner and I don't know how to do that. So I need a growth person. Or when I graduated from school and I wanted a job in marketing, I remember I would, I'd go for marketing jobs. It's like, do you know how to use Excel? And I'm like, what does that have to do with marketing? I guess in my mind, I was thinking advertising. I, there was a disconnect. Yeah, but it's like, they're like, yeah, it's a lot of data entry. Now, Everyone understands social media. It's a, it's a tool. You're no longer, and with no attribution, you know, if you're a good marketer, it's better than being a good media buyer these mm. days. With just let Facebook go broad and write good copy, have a good piece of content, you're done. You don't need crazy strategies anymore. So bringing that in-house, it's almost good to have that fractional CMO or that or that growth director or a coach that could, you could bring your team on that could help coach your the internal people on how to, on how to build their business. But, and that's infinitely scalable. You can have 500 people inside your group coaching program. You can then siphon it off and have masterminds in different levels. And that's how you really start branching out and truly avoid the, the agency Armageddon is because now you're leveraging all your assets in order to sell. And, you know, we were talking about this. We go back to the two OGs of marketing is Dan Kennedy and Jay Abraham. Jay Abraham, the first thing he would tell you if you're trying to grow a business is, okay, you have, you have money coming in from clients. Where are you leaving money on the table? Well, what about your systems? Can you sell your systems? What about your know-how? Can you sell your know-how? How do you add money? And I think that's the, where business owners, like they just give up. They're like, all right, Facebook ads don't work. Well, have you tried direct mail? Have you called cold email? Have you done joint ventures? Have you reached out to anyone who has, like- Have you done anything? <laughs> <laughs> you want to build a business right now? If someone came to me and said, hey, I want to build this business from start right now, what's the best way to do it? Facebook ads, YouTube ads, Google ads, it'd be like joint ventures. Find someone with the exact list that has 10,000 of your ideal customers in it that's not a direct competitor to you and figure out a way you guys could do business together where they advertise you to their list. You can then give them a, a kickback because they have a list that they want to monetize as well because if they're a good business owner, remember, we're looking for different ways to monetize what you already have in place. So that's what that's what I would do. It wouldn't even come down to anything digital marketing related. No, that, that's that's huge advice because I think that's people look at that as kind of a uh, you know side thing, kind of like your affiliate program. Like, yeah, we have an affiliate program. We don't really try very hard at it, but it's there yeah. versus it could be the main driver uh, and the solution for all the problems people are facing with the iOS changes and now the economy, which is who knows what's going to happen there. Look, I, what are I, your I, predictions? I, I just don't like I just don't like excuses. Right? I, I'm, a, I'm a tough love person. Um, one person inside our who joined our coaching program. Uh, she was, she came in and she said, all right, I'm starting a, I'm starting a new program. I want to bring people on. How do I get my first 10 people to, to pay me? All right. What, what are my ads? What's my VSL look like? I said, this is literally the advice. And, and sometimes this is going to sound really dumb, but trust me to her, it's worth every, every penny. I said, do you know people already that are, that would, would strive off your program? She goes, yeah, you know, there's probably around a hundred people on the list. Send them all a message right now. She closed 10 people in her first 24 hours ROI did like triple her investment into the coaching program and did all that. But sometimes people don't see that anymore. Like mm -hmm. they, they, what's the quick fix? 
What's the way to do all that? There was no ads. She didn't have the money to spend on ads. But so she was worried, how much is it going to cost me? How much it doesn't always have to be like that. And people throw out like that. It, so, so I don't like excuses. I don't have Facebook ads going on my business. Well, go knock on doors. Yeah, figure it out. Yeah, go, go, <laughs> go to stores, go ask them if they're going to take things on consignment. Like get, get out there. But if you're just sitting there saying iOS killed any chances of me growing a business. Yeah, like, system's yeah. broken. Yeah, you're not an entrepreneur. But to answer your question, on, I heard under your breath, where do I think the prediction for the economy is going? Not good, right? It's, 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 it, I, th- I, I truly believe it's going to get really bad. And depending on when you're listening to this, you know, I, I, think, I think it's going to get worse. I think people literally have to make a choice right now. And, you know, between buying groceries, filling the car with gas, or buying your products, mm-hmm. or using your services. So how can you do all that? And I think, one of the ways to avoid the agency Armageddon is to have a recession plan. Mm. And unfortunately, too many people wait till a bad thing happens to have that plan. So if you're listening to this right now, start developing a recession plan. And if you're listening to this and we recovered and things are great, have a recession plan because we're going to go through cycles and things are going to get bad at some point. Everything's going to be bad. So, you know, Mark Cuban used to always say, look for ways to put yourself out of business. Mm. Another way is, what could possibly kill your business right now? If you know all that, if you did those numbers, you could figure out solutions on how to stop that. Yeah, no, it's uh, there's no real reason for excuses. I think it was Jordan Peterson talked about guilt. And yeah. he said, you know what guilt is? It's you knowing that you could do something about the situation and not mm. doing it. <laughs> and that's, I, I love that. I never heard that before. And I, I, every time you think, think about yourself, and I think as marketers, and most people probably listen to the marketers. I think we, we try to put ourselves out of, out of, and ignore how we would normally react to things as humans. And we try to put on this marketing hat. How do I write? But what's going to pull our emotional heartstrings? What's going to do all that? And that's, that's really like psychographics and demographics of getting into, but, but really coming back to that point is, is looking at it and sitting there saying, well, every time that I've ever looked at someone and I'm like, how'd they grow so big? It's always like, or hating on someone, it's always because they're doing something that I knew I should have done. And so you look back at it and you're, that person's always on social media. They're, oh, they're so annoying. I'm going to unfollow them. I'm going to, it's chances because you want to always be out there on social media. Oh, that person, they're, they're doing a live. Wow. Wow. They're like, like who's going to come to their live? I'm not going to the, but it's because you're afraid that mm-hmm. zero people are going to show up to your live, which everyone starts at zero anyways. And, and everyone goes that way. So it's usually like, yeah, I, I love that quote because Anytime I've ever not done something and I said it's an excuse or use it as an excuse, it's guilt because I should have, I should have actually done it. Yeah. And you could do it. And you have the, you have all, everything you need to do it. You just aren't. Yeah. And so I think that's, that's a great point. The recession plan, everybody should always have mm-hmm. just in case or call it the lawsuit plan yeah. because that's, I'm from California and I was yeah. a HR major. So I'm always like, I would never open a business. <laughs> Sorry to anyone who no, has a business in California. Don't I would, open I would, business there, California. There was no chance I would ever do that. But oh, yeah. lawsuits, the labor laws, everything there is like ridiculous. But yeah. Yeah. But that's, but that's another thing that could happen at any point in your business. So yep. you, should, you should always have this plan. That's going to be like, okay, here's how I would reduce. Here's how I would, and most of the time it comes out of niching where it's like, you know, but, but, but you should do it now. If you do have it. a way to tighten to, yeah. and I'm not talking about cost cutting. Right. Like you can't grow. If you're in growth mode, you can't grow a business by cutting costs. So anyone looking at like, Oh, what tools can I cut? That's the wrong way to grow a business. The only way to grow a business is add, is add income to it. So all the ways I was talking about, you know, coaching program is a great additional revenue. How do you monetize your, your lost leads? Can you take the leads that weren't qualified to work with you and sell them to someone else that maybe are qualified to? 
You just have to think about how can you monetize everything in your business. Now, getting lean, so we run a tight ship. Everything's run through Slack, like I said. Everything's there. It's really all, like, I've spent a lot of time dialing it in where everyone has the rules the systems are in place there's tools that now that let you record something and tr- and transcribe it into into exact sop and an exact like awesome. process and we use notion for example where it's a wiki you want to learn how to do anything you go to our notion and you click on there and it's right there it tells you how to do everything it's really just can you get really systemized that frees up your time to grow the business and you look where most agency owners get bogged down it's in, it's always in the administrative stuff mm-hmm. it's always in the day-to-day tasks and your job as an agency owner is to grow the business it's not your job to do administrative stuff so hire the right people learn how to hire people learn you know where your bottlenecks are and solve them from where they're at people that sit there and say i'm bogged down with administrative stuff i'm going to go hire salespeople. Salespeople aren't necessarily the right hire for you right now mm-hmm. your job is to get yourself out of the business as much as possible you are an owner Right? You're not an you're not an operator unless you're going to be the the you know the visionaries and integrators. If you're the integrator, you need to go find a visionary person. If you're mm-hmm. a visionary person, you need to surround. I'm a visionary person. I hate the day to day type stuff. No, well that that's a great point too. And I, I think another just in that in that vein, don't expect to hire somebody to make your processes. Yeah. If you don't have the processes in place, don't expect somebody to come in and be like, I have the solution. I mean, it could be executive level maybe but so true. typically it's not going to happen and I, they're going to look at your business like oh okay well i guess i'm running things <laughs> and and i got asked that on, on a podcast a while ago if you could go back and tell your business self one last like one thing what would it be and i said record and document everything mm-hmm. right off the bat because you hire someone and you tell them to go create the systems guess what you still have to show them you're still training them so and, and that's another unrealistic expectation of an owner mm-hmm. right when i hired my, my assistant it was great i'm hiring an assistant i'm gonna be free Guess what? The first three months, I spent more time on my business than anything else because I was doing double the work. Things that took me one minute to do, I was now five minutes because I had to bring her on in, into, into the conversation and show her how to, I had to film a video. I then had to upload the video. I then had to show her. And then I had to create an SOP on how you upload the videos and turn them into an SOP, right? So everything just took longer. And then if they had questions, I got to be available to answer those questions. However, you get through that period, it's gravy. No, and that's and it will always be worth it because even the process, like let's say you hire that person, doesn't work out, but during that you learned how to train, you came up with the SOPs, and now you, the next time you do it, it's going to be better. It's never going to be perfect. Yeah, and if you expect it to be perfect, you're going to be really disappointed. And and if your SOPs are really like you can't give it to your your grandma mm-hmm. and to read, and like it's that step by step for her to do, you don't have an SOP. No, right. So you want to be able to, and this is where you could hire fast. Because where's most time spent on hiring is on the training. But if you sit there and say, don't ask me any questions, right? Not yet. Anything you want, go ask Notion. Because we have we have every single thing related inside there. And if we don't, we need one. So guess what? You're going to be tasked with creating it, right? So, But we now know we have that. So every training manual has to be there and has to be easy to follow. So if they're coming back and asking questions, guess what? We missed a step on creating, mm-hmm. creating an SOP. But if you do it properly, if you have like 20 pages of notes on how to sign into Slack and how to create your name, great. That's amazing. That's what you want. You mm-hmm. want no brainer. That's awesome. Well, I think you, I think you covered all the bases, like the, the potential Armageddon, survive the Armageddon, and really how to build a business that, you know, is recession proof, I think is the best, best way to describe it, where you have the systems in place and you're adaptable to, to change. Yeah. I, 
and, and again, the last thing I would say on the recession proof is the number one thing that survives recession is, ca- is cash flow. Mm-hmm. So I think if you're a business owner, that's the number one metric you need to be looking at right now is, is cash flow. So when you're taking on those $2,000 a month clients, you're not bringing in cash flow. So focus on cash flow because when the recession hits and all your clients leave you, guess what? Your ability to sit there and say, yeah, I'm, I'm good. I'm going to pivot. I'm going to adapt. Uh, you know, we did, we did, um, Instagram con- like content as, as an agency. Let's say now I'm going to pivot and become a TikTok video creator and I'm going to create co- TikTok content for our clients. Cool. You can't go and keep the lights open and pay your staff and do all those things. And then start, it's very hard to start the business mm-hmm. back from zero. So cash flow is super important. Start, start figuring out, like I said, tighten the belt a little bit, but not cut costs. Learn how to just, you know, you're, you don't need a Shopify web developer. Let's say if you're doing a hundred thousand dollars a month of sales and a graphic designer, your graphic designer could technically be your Shopify web developer and, and, and put things up and put things up for you. You don't need a separate person that puts products up for you. Figure out how you can combine roles, how more people could do more. That's, that's where you make your dollar go a little bit further in a recession. But again, cash flow is, is, yeah. is king. Cash flow and processes. Yeah. So, well, where could people find more about you? Yeah, cool. I mean, if you're listening to this, uh, your chances are you're a marketer, but if you want to learn more about what our agency could do, you can head on over to jportnoy.com, jportnoy.com. I have every way you can work with me there, including the market domination coaching program. If you want to learn more about that, we've helped a bunch of agency owners really do the things that we're talking about. We've helped, helped e-com store owners. Help the plumber really increase revenue by 50%, residential sales by 50% using the principles of what I call the market domination method, which we'll talk about on another time. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. It's fun. Really appreciate it. You're going to be speaking at our certified partner trainee day tomorrow. So we'll probably share some clips on that. But uh, cool. yeah, look for a lot more Jason on the digitalmarketer.com and all of our social channels in the near future. Thank you so much. This is Digital Marketing. Hey, DM listeners, if you're running a Black Friday or Cyber Monday special, listen up. Because Digital Marketer just released our Canva holiday promo pack. It includes almost 200 templates that you can use to make the graphics for all your upcoming holiday specials and three unique design themes for each holiday. The promo pack is usually $27, but you can get it today for free. Check the show notes for the link to download, or you can go directly to digitalmarketer.com forward slash LP forward slash holiday templates. That's digitalmarketer.com forward slash LP forward slash holiday templates.